Welcome to another episode of Curious Curiosity, a podcast where Abhi and Sab talk about their curiosity and express themselves. All right, uh, Sab, man, Abhi, I'll show you. It's uh, I think this is our second session of uh, uh, continuing our self-discovery and stuff, and uh, it's been a pretty remarkable uh, journey so far and what we've explored. So. Just wanted to see like how you're doing and what's up with you and what's new with you. Uh, hey, Sab, it's good to see you as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty pumped about uh, continuing the discussion which we had uh, a month back regarding uh, uh, self-progress. Yeah. Uh, so it's been pretty good. And uh, yeah, I'm just really pumped to see how the conversation today goes and how we take this forward. Yeah, I really appreciate that. And I think uh, today we uh, we discussed that Every month, since we're doing one-one challenge for each person, and the person who talks about it, today we decided that uh, we'd be uh, you'd be talking about your experiences with pasana and meditation and all those things, right? Yep, yep, absolutely. Uh, so that's the pasana has been um, extremely close uh, to my heart. I think that's some uh, that's one of the most important influences I've had in my life till now. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to have this conversation about Vipassana. And before before we go into Vipassana, one thing which I wanted to like talk to you was uh, based on your uh, discussion about going vegan last week, I did try uh, going vegan myself for a few, okay. for a few days. Uh, I wouldn't say days, but like for a few meals, completely vegan food. Uh, okay. I, I did feel, so first of all, I, I started eating extremely low, uh, less food that, that was like okay. consistent in the last month. Uh, okay. And with that, like there were definitely like close to uh, eight, 10 meals that I had completely vegan food, like no animal okay. products whatsoever. The one okay. immediate difference that I noticed was uh, my stomach felt so light and less yeah. bloated, less bloated yeah. when I eat like uh, vegan food, right? Like it's so light. Normally I have like a bloated stomach most of the time, even when I get up and like, you know, uh, during the day, uh, have eating like vegan food, like no, no, um, no uh, animal products, like help me uh, stop, uh, stop the bloating. And uh, it was pretty good that way. Yeah. Thanks for the That's solution. awesome, man. Yeah, because I think that's just to just to summarize, like summarize that and conclude that aspect. Like I experienced that too, right? Like we discussed this. Like uh, I think a big big aspect of going vegan or or the plant based diet, whatever term people use today, is is that it's a, an easy way for many people, including me, to go to the whole foods or getting as close to the source as possible, right? With uh, animal based products, there's uh, there is a possibility. I think from at least in my opinion, there's, there's a stronger possibility of uh, higher possibility of processing foods. Right? It's not as close to the source as possible. So with vegan, you are going directly to the whole food, to the actual source. And that's perhaps why I think our body uh, is able to withstand it better and move on from that and like not feel bloated and stuff because the body is less work to do. It's just taking it in the natural form, right? So yeah, 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 absolutely. I agree. Yeah, so going to Vipassana, I think uh, the second discussion we're having, right? And Vipassana and meditation, I think. Uh, firstly, I mean, it's, I think we first got close, uh, I think we became, our uh, relationship, our friendship got stronger because of our talks and meditation, right? I think one day I came and I went for a walk with you and I told you I started meditating and I briefly remembered you were into it and then we talked about it and then it just opened eyes for us. And But one of the things I have personally like uh, noticed with uh, 
with uh, folks around us, or even myself, is is that there is it's hard to define meditation or hard to define uh, 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 or like even like I don't know like vipassana, right? Like, or is there a definition which you associate yourself with, which you think which would uh, help people understand uh, uh, meditation vipassana better? Yeah. So, hmm. so. I- what I hear from you is like two things is like meditation and Vipassana, right? Yeah. So there are multiple meditative techniques, uh, yeah. transcendental meditation. There's multiple other forms of meditation, which people uses people use. Mm. And Vipassana is one type of meditative technique mm. that the Buddha uh, taught to all of his followers. And it's been taught generation by generation for like pretty long with the lineage to Buddha himself. So meditation, I mean, Vipassana thing means like looking things as it is, right? Looking things for what it is, as it is. That's what Vipassana means. So uh, yeah, so that's the, that's the general gist of it. Vipassana is one type of meditative technique. There are multiple others. And I found it, Vipassana to be extremely uh, attractive for a few number of reasons. The number one reason being Vipassana says that not to believe anything that the teacher says, what the student realizes the truth or the truth in that particular moment is the reality for the student. And that's what you have to work on. So Mm -hmm. that gave me a lot of self-assurance on the meditative technique that I want to follow. The reason being coming from a superstitious or like a Hindu society where a lot of what we believe cannot be proven right or wrong, even yeah. uh, on a relative, uh, on your su- subjective uh, senses, it was very important that I have to experience certain things and I didn't have mm-hmm. to believe anything out of this world for me to follow a meditative practice. And Vipassana was very attractive in that kind of a context. And secondly, uh, there is no context of, say, worshipping anyone or anything uh, in Vipassana in the sense you definitely give respect to the teacher, to the Sangha, to uh, like uh, to the Dhamma, with the three things that uh, uh, Vipassana practitioners actually look upon to, which is uh, the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. So that is definitely you provide respect, but you don't necessarily need to worship anything blindly or chant anything blindly. So those two things were uh, Vipassana was completely out of dogma. So that, that kind of gave me a lot more mm-hmm. sense to follow Vipassana. Stuff, right? Correct. So when yeah. I, before, before I started meditation, this was like a huge conflict to me, like what is meditation? How do you do it? Yeah. Like, what do you actually do it? Yeah. But like going through some structured form, uh, I thought like Vipassana was the best thing. I'm really happy and glad that uh, I, I, I got to know about it. Yeah. And it's interesting that you said, like you spoke about your journey on how you found uh, Vipassana and how you found about uh, and what, what made you, what made you attracted towards uh, uh, Vipassana and stuff. Right. And, and it's, a, and like I said, like it's a, it's, a, it's one technique, uh, one meditation technique amongst many. Right. And what I noticed is that I personally was very skeptical of meditation. I didn't really uh, uh, exit. Like, I mean, I really meditate for uh, till I'd say January, 2021. Right. My mom has been meditating for years. I know I've, I've gone to classes. I, I even did the, uh, I think there's a certification to me to, to know you're meditating and all this, but I could never, I never forced myself to do it. And then one fine day it happened. I tried it. 
and I've, and I've I've been meditating for like six months over almost six months now, right? And everyone has a story, everyone has a journey, and 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 I think one day it just hits you and you start meditating and you stick to it and all. Can you go into like what made you start meditating? Like what was was there a specific moment in life that you thought you should meditate or was it always that you were exposed to people trying these things and you felt you had to try it? Can you elaborate that if you don't mind? For sure, for sure, Sab. I think I remember this experience very vividly. So it was back in 2013. That was my like the first two years into work after my undergraduation. And uh, I was already thinking about uh, what is life. Like it was predominantly based on the job that I was doing. Like I was very interested in getting into an automobile company and I was in an automobile company, but I wasn't very happy with the job I was doing. Like, mm-hmm. is this what I have to do to the end of my life? So it didn't, it didn't like make sense for me. And then I started, suddenly started thinking about like, what is life? What do you have to do in life? And so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. The existential, uh, you know, uh, it, like the think. existential question, right? Like, like yeah. why do we exist? So, exist, yeah. yeah. So, so that kind of thought led me to like a lot of philosophy, started reading about philosophy, this and that. And then somehow I, I stumbled upon Buddhist philosophy about life and like, uh, how do you live life? So death is imminent, but the whole point of life is leaving it in a happy way. And then like, what is happiness? Then again, went through like yeah. a whole lot of yeah. stuff. So one thing, uh, everywhere I got back into like, you no know, Buddha and Buddhism, since it says like, the reality, what you experience is the reality for you. That kind of made a lot more yeah. sense for me because it's very subjective. And I tend to like decide the path and my, and my uh, future in life. So that way uh, I was very focused on Buddhism and suddenly like out of nowhere, I got to see a TED talk by Andy Puddlecombe. So he's okay. surprising the founder of Headspace, but back in the day, he, he didn't, he, he was not, he didn't find Headspace. He was just teaching meditative courses. He was a monk. So he was just teaching meditative course, courses for people uh, in, in UK, in London. So he gave a TED talk about meditation and uh, how meditation is important, how it changed his life and how everyone can do meditation by just spending five minutes every day. So I was very captivated by it. So I thought, okay, let me start meditating. So I started meditating five minutes a day for like a few days, but I didn't know what to meditate on. So I was just reading about meditation, doing this and doing that. So, and then like my search continued and then like I somehow stumbled upon Vipassana uh, mm. and then like I found on the website about this meditative technique and so on and so forth. I was extremely uh, skeptical about uh, the whole method itself because mm-hmm. I mean, in India, if you see there's a lot of actual gurus and a lot of fake gurus and a lot of, lot of yeah. stuff which happens outside so the first thing the first natural inclination for me was to be skeptical on such a website so i thought like okay let let me be uh uh, let me let me be uh explorative and explore what this is so and then like i registered for a 10-day course and then i went it went and attended it and then like that's how my experience with the pasana started and uh surprisingly i couldn't finish the course in the first two 10-day courses i was able to finish my first course only the third third taking so that's like mm-hmm. a very interesting story, but, but just to like, long story short, like that's how I was. So you tried uh, and find... you, 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 you went like you stumbled upon, explored, you're curious. And one day you stumbled upon this and you're like, I want to try it. And pretty much that, let you... I think that's an interesting point okay? because uh, for me too, like I, uh, what I've noticed is that when I started meditating, I started meditating on like 
I pick a thought and I try to dig deep into the thought and go into it, into it, into it. And then I didn't really enjoy it. Then I tried another meditation was where I uh, would like, you know, try like chanting something or like focus on one particular thing and like concentrate on that or feel my body, you know. And I noticed what works best for me is, is that just focusing on my breathing and feeling up like feeling every second and learning to live in the present and realizing that every time there's a thought going away from uh, from the present is when I'm able to realize it and bring it back into into my breathing. Is that like you know like is that something like have you noticed that with meditation like if our people's experiences, people's techniques, people's preferences very varied that uh, there is no certain way to meditate, right? Okay. Or is there a certain way to meditate for you? Uh, so again, um, to answer that question, I would say everyone has different kind of experiences for the same mm. technique, right? Mm. So the experiences might be extremely subjective. Some yeah. people, uh, for example, I experienced certain kind of sensations, which the Vipassana course, the 10 day course, actually expects you to experience the first course, but I didn't experience the second course. Some people had out of body experiences in the first call itself. So it's going to be extremely subjective. Mm. Uh, what is going to be subjective is that your experience, but regarding the technique itself, I think it's, it's the same technique for everyone. Uh, so Vipassana is like the same technique. The same thing is taught for everyone. It's just that your experience is going to vary because you do it differently and different progression. Uh, mm. Each person is in their own path towards the end goal, which is Nirvana or Nibbana. Mm. So, but the experience are going to be subjective, but the technique itself is going to be the same. To, so to answer the second part of your question, again, when you're starting out, you might not actually know what meditation is. Like That's how I, I found it challenging. Mm. So yeah. I, I hear you on that. Uh, but Vipassana in particular follows two, two kind of uh, stages. The first one uh, being something called Anapana meditation, which is basically getting your uh, concentration at par to do Vipassana. So the first stage involves focusing on your breath, like what you mentioned, like focusing on your breath, but uh, your mind keeps on wandering, like it's like a monkey. Yeah, right? it, it does, keeps on it does, wandering yeah. like to ev- like you'd you'd want to focus the first minute and then like 10 minutes would have passed and then you would have even lost lost thought that you are in the present you're like in your thoughts the whole while and then you bring it back and like shit what happened so once you start practicing uh anapana a lot more you would the response time would reduce like first time it would be like 10 15 20 minutes and then like eventually it'd get down to like okay i'm drifting somewhere away you're in the present and you understand that your mind is drifting somewhere away and bring it back to your uh, your uh, your respiration and then once you have your uh, 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 concentration in place and then you progress to vipassana itself which is basically observing sensation throughout your body so uh, the best way to learn vipassana is basically go to a 10 day course from uh, uh, from one of uh, uh, i would recommend uh, sn gonka's method of teaching vipassana because it's uh, non dogmatic uh, any like it is not religious it's not any, anything like anyone can it's not non-sectarian anyone can come learn this course it's like going to the gym and gym lifting weights you do that for your brain uh, in a vipassana center so you can find all the courses available in dhamma.org uh, but yeah i would the only way i would recommend is going to like a 10-day course learn the course and then like start doing it uh, at home every day so that would be the best stage but it depends the meditation technique depends each and everything, but for Vipassana, it's just one technique thought throughout the world. 
Okay. That's interesting because I think uh, two things uh, specifically I think I uh, resonate a lot with. One is that uh, you, uh, you said that it's exercising your brain, right? Like you go to the gym to work out your physical body like and possibly mental health as well, but we don't really focus on, uh, or as a society, it's possible we don't really focus enough on training your mind and stuff, right? And and moving along that, like the second thing, I just, I think what I'm streaming away with is that, is that the aspect of concentration, right? The concentration is like, uh, is that ability to focus on one particular thing for extended periods of time. But when you say like you're meditating, your mind is still drifting, you're distracted, you're still going away. And, and as a human being, I've noticed that I practice distraction every day, right? Like uh, right now, when I'm talking to you, my mind is that is my Wi-Fi going to work? Oh, wait, like I have to write notes down. And the mind is going away and you're battling it to bring it back to the present. So with those two things, like when you say you did Vipassana for the first, you did for two days twice. And then the third time you were successfully able to complete it, right? Did you experience a lot of distraction in your mind? And, and what we experience is like, can you walk us through it? Because to go through the third time and complete it, like it must have been a, a journey for you to like withstand it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I find that story interesting myself. The first time I went, I was very young. I was like around 22 years old and yeah. no one had actually told me about Vipassana. It was just me stumbling about Vipassana uh, and yeah. I went for this course and like with people who I didn't know knew it was like kind of a crazy experience in a place where I haven't been before. So uh, I went and did that. Like I was there for like four days, but I had like different experiences. Okay. And these experiences when someone hears that my might not find it realistic right you'll have to experience yeah. it yourself to find it realistic yeah. so otherwise like i was also a non-believer in the sense earlier on in this yeah. uh, in meditation it doesn't work and so on and so forth so i'm not going to go deeply into like what kind of experiences i had but yeah. i was not i was freaking out after like the fourth fifth day i went approached my teacher and asked like you know is this normal i'm not able to sleep yeah. there's that yeah. and then like i didn't get any uh any uh proper response and then like you know i was i was panicking basically mm. like i was just panicking whether uh deciding whether the decision which i have taken is right or not so i moved out on the fifth day but then like mm. i researched a bit more and they started practicing anapana at home i clearly saw some kind of uh, changes so i decided to go to the next next time as well but during the second time we had like huge floods in chennai and then we were rescued by boat uh, at the program okay. so it was not basically my fault that i was not able okay, to finish okay, the okay. second time okay. and then the third time finally i did it all yeah. these times uh in like the fourth day or fifth day the one of the challenges you face is it's like a prison right in the sense the prison which you have done for yourself you are not going anywhere you don't get laptops you don't do anything but it's just you get to understand about your mind a lot more so the first challenge which you'll face is concentration like focusing on your breath once uh, like that becomes a huge challenge. But after like a few hours, because you're meditating for 10 hours every day, after like a few hours in like the second day, third day, the huge challenge you'll find is uh, internal agitation, right? Like mm. more than more than like the drift in concentration will be like, I'm not able to sit here, make focus on one thing for so long, or like the anger within you that you're not able to focus on your breath and your breath different. So you have like, like a mental agitation on like things that you cannot do and then like things you have some past memories come in and that agitates you even more so going through this kind of experiences of uh, your past your present and your inability to control your your minds and thoughts and just removing yourself from your thoughts 
it's like was a huge challenge for me right mm. what vipassana says like even if you have some uh, thoughts coming in just just watch what happens when the thoughts come like just be a mute spectator and that simple thing is so challenging as a human mind for yeah. to do like even if you like uh, you realize after 10 minutes you've been doing this for like 100 times 200 times 1000 times a day and you when you realize your your mind is wandering away when you're focusing on your breath you get so agitated get like yeah. so freaked out by like why can't i do this so you become harsh on yourself so going mm-hmm. through all of these sensations you tend to understand you a lot more better you get a lot more self awareness uh and then it's more uh, you know you you get to realize the pattern that your mind takes every time and this is very evident even in the outside world as well this is what yeah. we've been doing or i realize i've been doing for all my life so that part was extremely challenging but then yeah. as time goes when you realize okay this is what you have to do you'll have to relax and then you go to a place of complete peace and be like okay you might be agitated your body be aching but then there are few moments where you completely feel at peace with yourself mm-hmm. and i think that's like yeah that's that's that cannot be explained you'll have to experience yeah. it to understand what i'm saying people might yeah. be able no, to like that's ah, a, understand it. yeah that's a great point because uh like talking about being a spectator right like i don't know if you experiences but i have certain experiences when i watch a sports game right i'm obsessed with sports i watch i don't know like in a stadium or on tv and i often i'm like i protagonize like protagonize myself to be the athlete in the field i'm like i should be the one scoring that goal i should be the one doing this because i have never trained myself to i mean maybe i'm getting better at it but i have i think it's hard for me at least to be a spectator right and the same happens in your mind is that you're just like oh no 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 i have to control this i have to control that i have to control this i have to control that i have to be the hero and all this but hard part is just observing it and like like it's like i think observation is something that's something similar to listening i find those two things extremely hard to do right like to be a to be an observer and to be a listener it's like you're pretty much practicing silence right so that's interesting you said that and going along with pasna like is like you know you said you went through the 10 hour meditation and uh, you experienced peace as an aspects and and what you experienced what you experienced what is a typical vipassana retreat like what is a vipassana uh, like schedule look like for you like new corners retreats and stuff is that something which is daunting if you don't really know about it or do you have to prepare yourself to go into that like what are things people should be aware of yeah sure so the first time i saw the schedule i was i was uh, i was taken aback i wouldn't say mm-hmm. i wouldn't say i was taking it lightly but yeah and a lot of a lot of my family and even asked me why are you putting yourself to all this every time i go yeah. to a passana retreat so what happens in a general 10 day courses is, so for you to learn vipassana there are multiple courses there are 10 day courses there are three day courses there are one day courses there are 60 day courses there are 90 day courses and uh, an interesting fact is yuval noah harari the writer of sapiens and yeah. homo deus right like a very pretty famous writer he goes to like 60 day or like 30 90 day courses every year so like that's pretty crazy <laughs> yeah, so yeah. so uh, so yeah 90 days you... nothing no technology no cell phone no technology no, no connection with the outside world no speaking nothing so it's like pretty pretty crazy <laughs> okay that's a last man like uh, okay that's that's hard okay that's, uh, that's i hard can't do it yeah 10 days is like i was i was done with 10 days so what happens is for you to like start your journey with vipassana you need at least a 10 day course so normally how 10 day courses go is it start off uh, so the first day is called the zero day you start you enter the 
enter the uh, campus or the meditation center around like two o'clock or three o'clock or before five o'clock on the day zero. And then there's a small uh, uh, discussion, small session, small meditative session, and then your day starts. So the next 10 days are identical. So what happens is you have a morning wake up call at 4 a.m. and your meditation session starts from 4.30. So from 4.30 to 6.30, it's like a two hour uh, meditation session. So you, you are uh, not given complete guidance. So you meditate in your own time for the two hours. And then uh, after 6.30, you have your breakfast at 6.30. And 6.30 to seven, you finish your breakfast. And the next session, uh, just give me one minute. I think uh, I had it here. It starts at 8.35, if I believe I'm right. Just, uh... That's like two hours. You, do two, you wake up, you have two hours of pretty much meditating in your own headspace. And then you eat breakfast. And you're not allowed to talk to anybody, right? You, there's no community. Like you cannot speak, correct? Correct. Uh, so yeah. So what happens is you can't uh, in this duration of uh, of this course. You are not. Uh, there are few uh, few oaths that you take. The okay. So there are like eight per uh, eight percepts that you you take, and uh, beyond that, the first is like for new persons you take like five percepts, which is not to tell any lies not to uh, uh, have any sexual misconduct, not to have alcohols, not to take drugs uh, and uh, not to kill uh, and not to harm others. So uh, like few, few percepts, again, I, I won't, I'm not very specific on this. Everything is available on the dhamma.org site. So okay. that's what you take. So in order to do that, uh, you observe something called as a noble silence. So you can't talk to anyone. Uh, for the next 10 days. You can talk to the management if you need anything. You can talk to the teacher if you have any clarifications, but not to any of the co-meditators uh, for the next 10 days. And uh, uh, if, uh, <coughs> excuse me, and you can't take any of your laptops, uh, cell phones, no, nothing to write on, nothing to read, no pencil, no paper, nothing of those sorts. So I would highly recommend anyone not to take any of these, even if you like, people are not going to check back and forth whether you're going to take anything, but it's for your own benefit, right? Like uh, if you take anything you're of distraction- absolutely nothing. You're doing absolutely, absolutely nothing. nothing. Absolutely okay. Like you are not distracted by any means whatsoever. Okay. So you don't this do is absolutely nothing. Like you're literally at the point of zero at this moment. Oh, you're meditating, man. Like you're meditating for 10 hours every day, which is just like a crazy schedule. It's, it's pretty, pretty crazy. So yeah. as I was saying, like you meditate from 4.30 to 6.30 a.m. in the morning for two hours. And then like 6.30 to uh, 8 o'clock, you have a break, you have breakfast. So you'll have to eat your breakfast by 6.30 to 7. And then you have a one hour break if you want to take bath or uh, 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 wash your clothes or whatever. And then, and then the next schedule start at 8 o'clock. 8 to 9, you have like a group meditation. Uh, in, the, in the group hall, you get some instructions to meditate. And uh, this is like very important meditation session, the 8 to 9 session. And then after that, you have... Uh, uh, 9 to 11 session, uh, like for two two hours. And then 11 o'clock, uh, you have a lunch break, 11 to 12. And then like uh, 12 to 1 is, again, uh, rest. Uh, you have like a two-hour break uh, after the 11 o'clock session. And then you eat lunch by 11, 11, 11 a.m. in the morning. And then the next session starts at 1, 1 o'clock. It goes till uh, 5. But then there is a group sitting from 2.30 to 3.30. But the whole session goes from 1 to 5. And then you have a tea break from 5 to 6. And six to seven, you have another group meditation. And then seven to 8.15, uh, you have something called as a discourse where SN Gonka, the teacher, uh, comes and teaches this course 
uh, he has discourses for each and every day. It's basically to share, like, for example, you said, like, I have all of these going into my mind, like, is this normal? Like, is everyone feeling these stuff? You'll have a lot of questions arise. And that discourse is basically by SN Gonka to clarify all of those. And those are like the best part of the day. Like everyone uh, who I spoke to and myself included would look forward for that disclosure. He speaks so much valuable philosophy, but only actionable philosophy, like what we can do the next day and so on and so forth. And he, he makes it very entertaining with stories and so on and so forth. That's like a booster for us to go to the next day and start meditating. And then you have another session from 8.30 to 9.00. Uh, and then like, uh, that's about it. Uh, your day ends and you go to sleep by nine and then uh, you wake up uh, again by four o'clock in the morning. Uh, so that's that's how it goes. And one only one change for um, old students is if you've already done a 10 day course, the second, uh, they're called the old students. The first time if you're doing the 10 day course, first time you're called new students, everyone else is called old students. If you're an old student, you have to take a couple more percepts, uh, which is you do not get to have anything during the tea session by five o'clock. So you don't get anything. So you can't eat. Uh, you just get lime water. Uh, so your food, your lunch ends at 11 a.m. and you don't get to eat anything after that. It's basically so helpful for meditation. Day. Two, two meals, meals a day. day. Uh, and then you, okay. you have the next meal at 6.30 in the morning. So And then you don't get a bed to sleep on. You have to sleep on the on the raw platform so you don't get a comfortable bed to sleep on for old students and you don't okay. comb yourself or, or uh, decorate yourself so these three percepts are taken by old students okay. but it's it's pretty pretty intense but it's like okay. yeah so so just to, to understand it right so you wake up you have two hours meditating then you eat you get to eat one your first meal then you have group sessions individual sessions and you have another meal and then you have sessions and then you drink tea and stuff then you have a discourse right what are like, okay, when you went through the first time, like what are challenges you faced in your first day doing it? Like, you know, you're getting two meals. You don't have, you don't have access to technology, you know, like you don't have access to things you're very comfortable with today, right? What are things did you experience? What went into your head? Like what, what, what are challenges you were facing? And what are pros you see? Like, like there, of course, there are challenges. Of course, there are also benefits, right? What do you term as benefits? So can you walk us through that? What are you feeling? Sure, sure. So one of the few of the most challenging thing are not the things that I thought would be challenging until I went there. So these things like, you know, not able to having only two meals, like very less food, vegetarian food, like only in the morning and then not having anything in the evenings. I thought it's going to be a huge challenge or waking up in the early in the morning or I thought it was going to be a challenge uh, or like not speaking to anyone and then like not say, using technology i thought was going to be a huge challenge but none of those were a huge challenge for me the challenge was myself right just being mm. with yourself for like the 10 days and just realizing and getting frustrated that certain things that you cannot do you you'll have to do and then just getting to know more about yourself and then going through that struggle was like the huge challenge for me right uh, so like every time every time I found it difficult to like meditate I want to just run away from that place but then convincing myself like having that conversation with yourself like day in and day out to like undergo that and in the best way possible right not just being there for the sake of being there but just doing that stuff again and again for like 10 hours a day and then the self-awareness was the most challenging part and then like mm. Yeah, so that was 
me being an introvert i didn't found it very challenging not to talk to anyone i was like in my zone in that way but just spending so much time with just yourself your thoughts and uh, just just you know yeah like convincing you to go like do that one thing extra like one hour extra one minute extra just focusing on that building resilience and persistence and just being comfortable with who you are like even though you realize that you are a person who cannot focus on your thoughts for so long and you're getting frustrated and then being just okay with that and then just working on yourself to improve that was like the most challenging part for me here yeah. that's amazing said that because uh, one of the things i learned on this self discovery part is that you can only control things you can control right you cannot mm-hmm. control other people's actions or at least like you really can't right like you can yeah. uh, you can't control uh, the external environment to 100% like in control yourself and i think from what i'm gathering from yours is that you really learned or you're fighting to be with yourself because that's the only thing you can control is yourself right uh that's the, so yep. if say for example like you know like we just spoke about past and now we got the the day to day of it and now we spoke about the challenges and stuff like what are the benefits you've seen for yourself from that journey like i know you briefly touched on in the beginning what self awareness and realization all those things what were things you noticed in the immediate run and what are things you have noticed having done it like so many years like uh like you've done it like almost a decade ago like what are things you're noticing now about yourself with the, just continuing to meditate and being part of the past my journey so where do i start <laughs> yeah. i think uh, that's been a yeah i think it's touched the past has touched my life in a lot of ways but let me tell you like instead of going through a lot of lot of nitigities i think the one important important aspect that vipassana impacted my life is self awareness okay i think yeah. i spoke i spoke about that earlier but like once you realize what self awareness is it goes extremely deep and it touches all aspects of your life mm. so let me let me give you like one way on where i meant when i say about self awareness so for me to so self awareness by instance like when you do vipassana when you do anapana meditation like you're trying to be in the moment right and there are a lot of things which i realized that i do on a automated kind of kind of actions that i respond to certain events or like automated things that i say to in certain situations and so on and so forth Yeah. so doing vipassana made me realize how and when i do certain things uh, mm. so these behaviors have been i've i've got to, i've got to inculcate these behaviors because of the way i was brought into or like it can be ways that i've been exposed to right? yeah basically yeah conditioning like for mm. all my life and there are certain things which has been extremely helpful to me and certain things which has not been helpful to me so vipassana helped me realize like be in the moment and say that okay okay in these situations i behave like this in these situations i do not behave like this so just making me realize what i do and what i not do in certain situations was like the first most important takeaway for me from vipassana and the second thing is once i realized that what i was doing and what i was not doing in certain situations it made me take action because i was there in that moment and vipassana teaches you to be in that moment every point in time so it actually helped build a lot of self awareness and help me mold myself in, into the person that i want to be rather than rather than just what i am because of my situational 
or conditioning as you said like just made me do that so these two things was like completely transformational it was very helpful in my personal life in my relationships it was very helpful in my like professional life and how i behave at work it was very helpful in how i study right like am i am i focusing on studying for this next one hour like or am i wasting time like how can i bring back uh this time uh, like work on work on something which is very important to me so it was really helpful in like all aspects of my life but this kind of self awareness is like the most important takeaway for me from vipassana and like that was been extremely extremely helpful for me that's in, that's in, uh, that's uh, incredible because uh, i have noticed that since i mean i have been meditating as long as you have but even the past 6 months what i have noticed is that is that a lot of actions i was taking again like you said automated right and it's for, to fulfill societal condition uh, constraints and all those things but i also noticed that i used to lie to myself a lot like i do want mm. certain things in life i do have certain desires i do have certain goals but i'm often lying to myself that okay, this is this is fine that is the way to do it this is the way to do it but the meditation or self awareness is kicked in and saying that don't lie to yourself like find find what's personalized find the truth which is personal to you you know and uh, and i think we and it's like almost like you have a rebirth right this is how you feel like i almost felt like like a, it's like a, it's a rebirth of a new person like is that something you felt as well yeah absolutely so yeah. so there been a lot of qualities i mean with my relationships or like with my personal life as well like people have taught me as like person who get agitated very quickly like who gets mm-hmm. angry very quickly so that's that's been one of my traits when i was very younger like i used to when i fired my boss when i was younger and so on and so forth i, I burnt a lot of bridges but then as as we, uh, like one important example i would say is i was getting ang- angry so often that uh, that's how i started that became my normal like you know behavior uh, when i was agitated so vipassana made me like aware that i was getting angry and then since you try to be an observer to that internal anger even during vipassana that yeah. was able to, i was able to translate into my actual life as well i wouldn't call it as a rebirth but it definitely like i still feel i'm the same person internally but then there are a lot of aspects a lot of behavior uh, like or, yeah i'm more accepted acceptive of myself and my actions and i've been able to change a lot of my actions uh, to what i thought was very good for myself and stay calm during the whole process instead of being agitated and like giving giving control of myself to everyone else rather than doing that i'm just taking control over myself so that that's been extremely uh, uh what rewarding. do i say rewarding and uh, uh you kind of you kind of uh, feel extremely uh, happy when you start doing it for better lack of a better word but uh, yeah i you can definitely compare it to like a rebirth kind of an experience but yeah, like a completely is. different person yeah yeah so like you know we spoke about uh, so you spoke about how you went into the past now what you experienced what is the like what is what happens a typical day of vipassana based on what you experience and then like and then the the things you saw after that right like now often when i uh, often i have noticed of uh, people can ask me like i can't meditate man i can't sit in this chair like it's too much work like i can't sit for one minute and to be honest i was that person too right i mean we have been friends for almost a year now i mean i'd say like uh, prior to january i would say i was more out more chaotic in my my actions and stuff to relative to now in my opinion 
But sitting down and meditating for one minute, and then to, to five, then to 10, 15, and it's a journey. Like, but is there a technique you think, or is there a way, or is there, is there something you tried? Like, okay, I got to do five minutes now. Or how do you get a person to meditate? You know, like, is there a, is there a way? Uh, I think, okay, let, let, let's, let, let me try to answer that in a very deeper level, right? Yeah. I feel I cannot make anyone else meditate unless they mm. want to. And it's like actually yeah. a waste of time because it's not going to be an easy journey, right? Yeah. If they are it's not a, committed. It has to be a desire. It has to be a desire. <laughs> yeah. Be a, They'll have to be committed for it, for them to like, yeah. you know, to go through the journey because it's not going to be easy. We're not going to have easy days. Mm. Uh, so like, yeah, it has to be a desire in front. But then once you have the desire and based on like building a habit, you, mm. ha- you can approach it through numerous ways. Different people have different ways of building a habit. But the easiest way which I felt for myself in building a habit is taking it extremely slow. And like you mm-hmm. said, like if you cannot do like half an hour or one hour sessions every day, like the best way to stay is be consistent by doing at least like one minute or say five minutes or 10 minutes every day based on the person's capacity. And once mm-hmm. they become consistent and then adding one minute or like five minutes more won't be like a huge, huge challenge. So that way, mm-hmm you can you can like you know build that as a habit and make it easier so one of the ways which i like make it easier is i have like long day sessions and a short day sessions if i have mm-hmm. enough time if i like wake up early like to uh, like i'm not on a busy day then like i have like uh like anywhere from 30 minutes to one hour sessions and then like if it's going to be a busy day like if i have a lot of lot of things on my plate then i have like at least like a 10 to 15 minute session and then go push my day forward so that kind of helps and building that kind of a routine and habit based on the person who you are in the schedule will be really helpful. Okay. So I want to do this for myself now, right? So Abhilash, I've done, I do 10 minutes in the morning, approximately 10 minutes, say like sometimes it's eight, sometimes it's 15. And then I do 10 minutes a night, right? And uh, I have been told by a few of my friends that who meditate uh, that you experience something in the 20 minute mark or the 40 minute mark or 30 minute mark and all this, right? Is, have you experienced those things yourself? Like at a certain threshold of a meditation, you're like, that's like, there's no better feeling than that. Is that a threshold you have? But I'll give you an example. One of my friends told me he meditated, he meditated for an hour and then 40 minutes, he felt like you're flying. Like he felt like a different person. Another friend told me at the 20 minute mark, she felt different, you know? Uh, I don't like I've been meditating 10 minutes in 10 minutes and don't get me wrong I think I've seen the, like I've seen uh, changes in me over the span of time but uh, I've noticed that if I'm able to concentrate for extended periods of time within the 10 minutes I feel okay I feel different if I don't if I'm not able to concentrate for the extended period of time within the 10 minutes it's not it's that that surreal feeling is not there so mm-hmm. is there a threshold you experience or is it just that you have to learn to concentrate and experience the present and that's it? Uh, okay. Let, let me try to approach that, that question and answer it from the lens of Vipassana, right? The primary, the yeah. primary point of doing Vipassana yeah. is, is not to crave when you have mm-hmm. a good sensation or a good feeling in your body and not to face bad sensation with aversions in your body, 
right so so one one primary thought process is like we say tend to say that bad things are happening to me or like bad things are uh, people are doing bad things to me like i'm unlucky matter, i'm unlucky i'm unlucky exactly. everyone says that right yeah exactly like, not everyone but many people have said that to many me, people you know? exactly yeah. exactly right yeah. so so like that's a bad thing that's a good thing so like one 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 truth which we all realize is nothing is bad like everything that we experience for ourselves happens within this frame of this body right all of these mm-hmm. like if you have good sensations in our body for example dopamine kicks in like uh, you know like you have uh, endorphins kicking in like you have uh, you have all these these good hormones kicking in you feel extremely good about yourself and then you want more of these uh, effects and if you have something like uh, a stress hormones coming in like uh, you you don't want them in the body you just want to repel them so everything is inside your body so when you say that you you have like a really good sensation one of one of the primary teachings of vipassana is don't expect that sensation to last so long and don't don't have a craving for that sensation that okay. you will face that sensation again and again so that's like okay. the cause of all misery and then if you have like a bad sensation like don't expect that to like go away like don't face it with aversion so that you know you are miserable yourself so with that said that's how like vipassana wants you to approach it but i did experience a certain feeling but not on everyday basis like in some everyday basis when i meditate like i do feel good about myself i feel very light uh, i i have extreme concentration in certain days certain days i feel extremely shitty which is still fine like you know you don't have good days every day but during my 10 day vipassana course i did i did uh feel a different side of sensation which i'm not going to go deep into because it's going to be very subjective for each and every one but there are certain things that uh vipassana course says that your body melts off like you know you you feel like a tingling sensation throughout your body i actually felt that and it, mm. i cannot put that in words i could mm. feel my heart pump blood to like the whole of my body it was surreal mm. okay i haven't faced anything of those sorts so everyone has to experience that to know more about it so uh so but the whole idea of vipassana says is like don't focus on that sensation even when that sensation happens be like just observe it it's not Mindful. going to be permanent yeah. it's not going to be permanent nothing is going to be permanent so it's going to go away so like just okay observe that you are having a good mm-hmm. sensation but then let it pass it's going to be pass why are you going to cling cling to it and uh, expect it to come again and again so to answer your question like make make a long answer short the whole point of meditation is not to like have good sensations it's just to be in the present and observe things as it is or like the yeah. whole point of vipassana is just to observe things as it is if it's a good sensation like you observe the good sensation if it's not good just observe it objectively so it doesn't matter if you like at the 20 minute mark or the 40 minute marks you have experienced good sensations or not it's just it's just observing it for what it is that's it. that's that's good so what i'm going to try is you know since we tell like since at the end of every session the other person takes on a challenge based on what the other person did is i'm going to try so i've done 10 minutes the morning 10 minutes tonight and i'm going to try a session where i'm going to try to go for 30 minutes mm-hmm. and i want to uh, challenge myself and just see and observe my mind you know and see how it feels and uh, maybe in the next next talk we have i can give us a brief, brief update on it and how i felt after the 30 minute mark and or the, is there a I mean just experience it for myself right like you said it's subjective to each person so let me see what i feel so yeah for sure okay. for sure that'd be great that'd be great sir yeah. wish you the best yeah. yeah thanks i really appreciate the fact you broke you broke down your experience of vipassana what uh, what is vipassana and how people could try it and stuff and 
uh, and I think it's just like, I mean, for a person like me, like I've picked up meditation very recently, right? So I think it is very informative and, and uh, I can pick and choose what I want to implement, right? So that's good. Thank you. Sure. Sounds great. Glad I was, so I, uh, glad I enjoyed the conversation, Seth. I really appreciate it. So for the next one, I think uh, I'll, be one, I'll be the one talking about hydration on water. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I've, so based on the plant-based uh, diet journey, one of the things I picked up was just drinking enough water. And uh, I'm hoping we can talk more about it in, uh, in the next session and see where it goes. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, sir. Okay. Thank you, Abhilash. Have a nice day. Enjoy. You too. Bye-bye. That's it for the episode, folks. We hope you enjoyed it. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at curiouscuriosity at gmail.com. Thank you.